Alrighty guys, we back again. We just had to restart this video um, to get everything uh, up and running. It looks like we had a little delay, but no worries. We got, uh, we're going to have um, El Chicano come on in. Like I said, we're just restarting this video. Here we go. Alrighty. Yep. All right. See, here we go. We back live, man. We back live. Everything is going good. We just had to restart this thing. We already got 22 people already looking and watching. So we good to go. I told you, we're going to get it done, man. And we got it done. This Good deal. Hey, and they can see you. So now it's uh, everything is all good. I see a whole bunch of mean faces coming up. I don't know what's that about. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hey, man, this is becoming entertaining, man. Hey, like I told my wife, we just got to embrace it. We can't get mad at it. We just got to embrace it. That's all. <laughs> well, my wife says, you'll be good. You're a good talker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Now they said they, they still can't see you. Hey, what? Listen, this is what we going to do. <laughs> Guys, can y'all hear him? I need somebody to say y'all. Y'all can hear him because we're not starting this thing over. Can y'all? <laughs> hey, because I don't know what else to do, man. Everybody, oh, hey, man. They, they really want to see you, man. El Chicano, man, you famous, dude. They really want to see you. God almighty. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I broke the camera. That's how ugly I am. Yeah. Hey, El Chicano, do me a favor. Is your camera on? Um, I, I can see my face. I can see myself on the right top corner. That's right. And I can see you. Okay, well, listen, man, we're going to go ahead and go with this thing. Um, everybody can hear you nice and clear. Um, obviously, it might be something with the camera. I don't know what it is. I can see you. That's the thing about it. I can see you. Okay. Um, I can see you. Well, you should have put a picture of me. You should have had a picture of me so everybody could have seen my face. Right. You know, I don't know what's going on. I have no idea, Jim. Hey, no, bro. I can see him on my end. So it ain't it ain't it ain't it ain't on my end because I can see him. I can clearly see him on my end. I know y'all guys really want to see him because it's uh it makes the video that much more better. Yeah, his profile might not be there. So listen, yeah, they they say that your profile might not be um set. It might be just set to friends only. But um, well, heck, I'm moving my 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 phone. See if anything. I'm trying to do right. something, but no. yeah. Well, listen, man, El Chicano, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead with this interview. We'll just have to bring you back on on another time after this one. Um, let's go ahead and get this thing started, man, because the most important thing is the information that we're going to be talking about. It's not so much. Obviously, we all used to watching the interview, seeing a person that's speaking. But at the end of the day, the information is really why you on here. So okay. let's go ahead and get this thing started, man. Um, so just let's start at the beginning, like we normally do. And I know it's kind of starting off awkward because we're still dealing with this issue, but let's go ahead and just start off at the beginning. One, everybody know you as El Chicano. That's one of the things that you told me, uh, when we first talked and, uh, and I know you're new to Facebook, 
um, but you're not new to the sport. So let's get into this uh, interview and let's start from the beginning, the background. Let's start from the beginning. When did you get into uh, to Roosters? Okay, well, I'm originally from Shallowater, Texas. Okay. And uh, my daddy uh, used to raise hogs for a living. Okay. And uh, we had a farm, and uh, we used to pretty much just raise uh, all our animals back in the day. We used to raise hogs, uh, cows, chickens. We raised chickens for eggs. Mm -hmm. And um, so pretty much I had to help my dad on the farm, and most definitely I had to help him with the chickens. That was kind of more or less uh, my responsibility. Mm hmm and uh, so basically, uh, I had to help my dad raise the baby chicks. Right. And uh, like I told you the story about uh, the first time we had ordered some baby chicks, mm -hmm. uh, the baby chicks started dying. And uh, my dad didn't speak really that good of English, so I had to get on the phone and make the phone call. And uh, I had to talk to the to the individual that we got the baby chicks from. It's been so long ago, but uh, the baby chicks were dying. Uh, they were dying left and right, left and right, and we didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. We come to find out that uh, my dad was throwing a little bit of rice in there thinking he was doing good, mm -hmm. and really and truly the rice was what was hurting the, the baby chicks, and it was swelling up inside, and they couldn't uh, – uh, extract it fast enough and it was swelling them up and the baby chicks were dying okay and, and after that i started really getting interest interested in 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 fowl okay so as you kind of around what age were you when you when you uh when when that was occurring i was about 12 years old about 12 years old and and yes. and the chicks that that, that y'all got were there just for more chickens just to lay eggs or were they game fowl well, they were just uh, to lay eggs, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm just kind of just giving you a little bit of story about how this is going. Uh, I had a neighbor uh, that lived down the road from us and uh, went by the name of Alan Brown. Okay. Okay. And Mr. Alan Brown had two sons, one named Aaron and one named Blaine Brown. Okay. And uh, I'd go over there to play, but before they could go and play, they had to water the fowl. Mm -hmm. And in order for them to go and play, they had quite a few chickens. Right. So we started helping them do the, the waters. And this is where I got started with my game fowl. Okay. Um, I reached down there to try and pick a, a beautiful stag that uh, Mr. Allen had set down on the ground. And when I reached down there to pick him up off the ropes, the little rooster tagged me and uh, spurred me in the hand. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I was uh, about 12, 13 years old, so uh, I kind of teared up a little bit and everything, and Mr. Allen saw me right, and uh, grabbed me and uh, put some Coca-Cola on my hand. Wow. And with that Coca-Cola, it made that pain go away. And uh, after that, he brought me back out onto the yard, and he says, uh, Arthur, he says, that's a young stag there, son. He says, he's not tame. He's not anything. He's wild. He's like a bronco. He says, you see this rooster over here? I got come over here, son. I followed him. And it was the most beautiful as gray I had ever seen. 
Wow. And he picked up the rooster and he threw him up in the air. And when he threw him up in the air, the little rooster come dancing right back to him. Then Alan would pick him up, throw him back in the in the air, and the little rooster would dance right back to him. And he asked me to bend down and pick the rooster up. And he showed me how to pick the rooster up gently. And I, he said, now throw him in the air, Arthur. And when I threw him in the air, the little rooster danced back to me and just kept cutting his wings, kept cutting his wings to me. Wow. And he said, they start out wild. But then as you pick them up and you pet them and you pet them and you give them some apples, you give them some treats, you gentle them down, Arthur. And he taught me they got a little spot behind the head that you can rub with your thumb. Right. And tame them down. So Mr. Allen felt so bad that that had happened to me that he gave me that rooster that danced, okay? Wow. So then I went back home to my dad, and I told dad that uh, Allen gave me this uh, gray rooster and this was the beginning of uh, me loving game fowl. And I got home and I was trying to do the best to build my first pen. Right. And uh, needless to say, we ended up moving uh, about 1990. We left Shallow Water and uh, we, the whole family reestablished in Waco, Texas. Okay. And I was able to uh, take this Madigan bloodline that I had accomplished from uh, Alan Brown. Okay. And I was in Waco, Texas. Uh, now this is going into now where I'm at Waco, Texas. Okay. 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 Um, I always had my chickens, uh, even though they're in little pens or whatever, I always took care of my chickens. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I finished school in 1992, um, I didn't know anybody in Waco, Texas. Mm -hmm. I didn't know any anything. I didn't have, I didn't even know which way to go or anything. Right. But I'm also a mechanic by trade, okay? So I went to college at TSTC. I graduated, and I got into the uh, electrical field, okay? Okay. Uh, so I got into wanting to fix vehicles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had an old 65 Chevrolet pickup truck that I wanted to get repainted. Mm -hmm. Everybody told me that there's this man by the name of Randy Dvorsky. Randy okay? Dvorsky, okay. He has his own paint and body shop, and he still has a paint and body shop in uh, Bellmeat, Texas, which is right there, like right next to Waco, Texas, okay? Mm -hmm. So I go and I find Randy Dvorsky, and I ask him, you know, how much will he charge me to uh, paint my pickup truck? Well, while I'm talking to him, I hear roosters crowing. At the shop? At the shop. <laughs> okay. And to make a long story short, uh, Randy has his own business uh, where, at his home, okay? Right. And they got a couple of acres. And I just keep hearing the roosters crowing. And, and Randy notices that I... Uh, that that I, I stop every time talking when I hear the roosters crowing, and I ask him, I said, do you got chickens? And he says, yeah, I got a few. I uh -huh. said, really? I said, well, I, I like chickens. He goes, uh, he goes, I, I got I got a Madigan gray that 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 I got, and I got two hens. He goes, you like you like grays? I said, yes, sir, I love grays. Right. So he said, 
won't you come back here and look at what I got? So we go to his backyard, and lo and behold, uh, I did not realize uh, there was a big game for him. Wow. And uh, and that's those were my words, wow. wow. So I started walking, and as I was walking, uh, I just saw the most beautifulest roosters I had ever laid my eyes on, and uh, mm-hmm. and I was just mesmerized by by all the chickens that I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, make a long story short, I most definitely told Randy I wanted him to paint my truck, right? Uh, but really and truly, it's because I wanted to see more chickens. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's a whole different story because he made me sand on that truck and he made me sand on that truck. I, I think I sanded it all the way to the metal. And, you know, with the old pickup trucks, they had a lot of layers, you know what I mean? And, uh, but I was really wanting to see these chickens, you know, and, uh, and it, and it was time for, I'll never forget it being the evening time and Randy just had to start watering chickens. And I was so happy. Hey, let me help you. Let me help you. I was so willing to want to help him, you know? Right. Right. And, Make a long story short, uh, me and Randy uh, became very, very great friends, okay? Okay. Uh, Went to the extreme of uh, I was even his best man at his wedding. Wow. Um, So I was uh, really close with Randy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, of course, I want everybody to understand that Randy Dvorsky's daddy, they named him, they called him Devo. Okay. From my understanding, I didn't have a chance or the privilege to meet Randy's daddy. Okay? okay, but I heard a lot of stories that he was very good friends with uh, Jay Good mm-hmm. and Ken Hutchinson. Okay, and I heard he was a real good uh, handler. I heard he was a very good rooster man. Okay, and uh, one of the compliments that Randy gave me as the years went on, uh, and I hold this. Very true. Uh, he said, Arthur, my dad had a gift. And he says, and that's all I can tell you. It was a gift. Mm-hmm. He could see fowl. He could see chickens. And he could just, he just knew which ones, you know, he just had that eye. Okay. He says, and I noticed that he goes, you have that gift as well. Mm-hmm. He goes, and I've never seen nobody have that gift. And he goes, and you have that gift. I said, really, Randy, you think so? He says, yeah, I know so. Okay. He said, Okay. So now, since I like the fro- the Madigan Grays, which is like a frost gray, okay? Okay. And because I'm going to take you to uh, to this man that I know that has nothing but grays. Okay. okay? So then... Uh, and this is Randy telling you this, right? Yes, sir. So now Randy is carrying me to uh, Ken Hutchinson's house. And Ken Hutchinson lives in Coolidge, Texas at this time, okay? Okay. And Ken was the principal at Coolidge uh, High School. Okay. okay. He was the principal. And uh make a long story short, when I met Ken Hutchison, I seen so many frost grays, it was unbelievable. And I was in hog heaven again. I said, oh, my God, because this is the bloodline that has always – that has I've always been attracted to grays. I don't know why, mm-hmm. um, but grays are just just the fowl that I just love. I just love the whiteness. I just I just love the color. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm a, I'm a gray man. 
Right. Okay. Right. And uh, and when I met Ken, Ken was moving from Coolidge to Golson. Okay, Golson, Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, that year, Ken had raised so many uh, stags that he was having to put them in drop pins because he had so many. He didn't. He all his pins were filled up, mm-hmm. and he didn't know what else to do because he had so many stags. Mm-hmm. And we had to get him moved to Golson. Okay. And he told me, he says, Arthur, you're, I'm going to give you, since you're Randy's friend, I'm going to give you an opportunity of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. I said, and what is that, Ken? He said, I'm going to sell you as many stags as you want for $10 a piece. Wow. And, of course, I was a young man and uh, having a minimum wage job, I didn't have a whole lot of money, of course. And he saw that I was a young man, too, you know, and and I believe that Ken would have just gave them to me. But uh, he put he figured, God dang, I at least can get ten dollars to get some of that feed money. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, uh, I get it. I understand. And uh, so I want to say that I purchased about 40 little stags. Okay. Okay. And uh, they're a little bit more bigger than a quail. You know, they they weren't they're in between crowing and not crowing. They were they were. A little bit bigger than a quail is the best way that I can explain it, okay? okay. And uh, I helped Ken move. We're loading up uh, three trailers. We're loading up TPs and, and all his wire pins, and and we look like the Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> going down the road moving all these chicken pins. But uh, throughout this whole ordeal, I befriended a great, a great cocker, uh, somebody who has – taught me so much uh that has been genuine that has been uh a a great friend right and uh throughout this whole ordeal um he introduced me to jay good okay okay and through having great friends like randy Mm -hmm. and ken it opened the doors for me to have access where many people don't have access to. Right. And uh, they would always tell me, you know, do the right thing and the right thing will happen. Right. And uh, be honest in anything and everything that you're trying to do, Arthur. He says, because what you do, what you reap is what you sow. Right. And uh, and I'll never forget when they carried me to, to Jay's house, okay? Mm-hmm. And Jay lived, lived in Bruceville, Letty. Okay. And this is one of the biggest things for me was when I was able to pick an entry out and have the privilege back when it was legal to fight um, a show at Texoma uh, at the Jay Good Tribute. Wow. And I would go quite a bit to Texoma and stuff, and Jay would always, Jay and Lily always had the same seat every time. And uh, and to know at that time, I didn't really realize how big Jay Good was. You know, he had two brothers named uh, Paul and Joe. I had no idea how how popular they really were. I, I had no idea because I was from Lubbock, Texas. You know. Right. Uh, Water, Texas, that right. is. And uh, so 
to me, I was just going along with the flow and, and not really realizing, you know, who I was really dealing with, you know, That's right. and many, many years of knowledge. These men had great knowledge of, of foul and they taught me a lot about health. Okay. And, um, but I just want everybody to understand, you know, from where I started to where I'm at and how I ended up with mm -hmm. the bloodline that I have today. Okay. That's right. That's right. Um, so basically, uh, we would go to the shows up in Texoma, the Bio Club, all these uh, uh, Red River. Okay. Uh, they would always take a trailer. Okay. A really nice trailer. And Miss Lily Good would make some of the best chili. Um, <laughs> and had the privilege of going inside this trailer. And, uh, and it was just listening to the stories. Right. And, and now that, that, you know, I'm 47 years old mm -hmm. and I'm absorbing everything now. Mm -hmm. And I'm really starting to understand, wow, thank you, God, for... For, for, for allowing you that opportunity. Exactly, Jim, yep. exactly. And, uh, and all I can say is I just want to personally, Jay's not here anymore, but uh, hopefully maybe li Lily's listening to this. I just want to say that, uh, that I know that he's gone, but he's not forgotten. Right. Uh, I want to tell Ken, um, uh, thank you so, so much mm -hmm. for being, for being such a great friend to me and, and giving me time and giving me the the best bloodline that he could possibly give me. Right. I just want to say uh, that I want to take their their uh, their bloodlines, and I want to try not take it to the next level, mm -hmm. but hold them where they're at and maintain them, mm -hmm. and do the best to my ability to keep them going strong and keep them. Um, where they left off, you know, I just want to keep taking care of their foul and their memory. And that's my gift back to them. Right. Right. Just maintaining mm -hmm. their standards. Yeah, yes. Sir. That's right. That's right. So, so now we talked about your background and, and, and now also we talked about your first bloodline. Let's talk about now that you just talked about maintaining their foul, you know, what kind of, con did you, did you take the concept from Ken and them? Uh, 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 and Randy on how to breed. You know what methods of breeding did they did they use? And I'm pretty sure you probably adapted some of those same techniques. Am I correct? Um, I started receiving that. I started caring about breeding. I want to say the past, give or take eight years. I'm starting to get serious about the breeding. Mm -hmm. The breeding was up to them guys. They right. would breed. You know, to me, I was I was young. Right. I was going to Texoma. I was, you know, I was rocking and rolling, what they say. But uh, but the older that I've gotten, you know, uh, now I'm more about asking questions about, you know, marking your baby chicks. Right. Keeping up with the daddy, keeping up with the mama. Right. Now I'm totally serious about the breeding and understanding. I'm at that level and at that phase right now. Okay. That breeding is more fun to me than anything right now. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, maintaining, keeping up with uh, band number four fifty seven mm -hmm. with 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 the daughters. You know, uh, breeding those back. Um, looking at the colors. You know, um, um, just just I'm I'm at that level right now where we're breeding to me. Uh, what the what one sixteenth means, what mm -hmm. a quarter means, what a half and half means. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I'm at that level right now, Jim. It, it is the breeding part right now. The, the breeding part. So, so tell me, is it is it? And I know some guys want to know what they cross the grades with and stuff. Did they back then, or do you now? Do you single mate, group mate? How, how, what what is your what is your concept or idea on that? Well, um, I single mate a lot. Okay. I probably got, you know, I do a lot of single mating. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that I mark. Uh, they're in the book. Mm -hmm. and those are the ones that, that I really, really keep up with. Mm -hmm. Now, what I do is I have different bloodlines and I'll put like two pure bloods, uh, like my frost grays. And I have the uh, Albany's, which okay. make half and halves. Either I'll use all frost gray hens and the Albany cock, the okay. pure Albany cock, or I can do the vice versa. I can use the frost gray cock over all the Albany hens. Okay. And every year I try, and one year I'll do it one way, then the following year I'll do it the other way. Okay. Um, and that's basically for, for, for me to keep up with. Okay. Um, and it's just it's just playing with the fowl. I just love uh, seeing what I'm going to produce. I, right. I just love to see, you know, after doing it so many years, I pretty much know what they're going to look like. What you're going to look like. So tell, yeah. so tell me this, El Chicano. Would you continue on using their same methods? Do you feel as though that you've been able to maintain their standards that they that they started you off with? Well, I'd have to base my uh, input by the input that I've received from my mentors, which is Randy and Hutch, and uh, and they feel like they're just as good, if not better. Okay, great, 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 great. So that that that's that has to be a huge accomplishment that you have been able to maintain the foul, um, um, like like they were given to you when you started. Um, yes, sir. And I guess that speaks volumes also, too, because like you said, when you started out with those guys and the way those guys were traveling, you did not know they were that high on the, you know, they were competing at that level uh, throughout the United States. So you started off with some really good fouls and some very high standards, correct? Correct. Yes, sir. Um, and my deal was uh, – I played around more with like what happens if I put this together? Mm -hmm. Cause they, uh, they're more loyal. They're more, you know, they're real conservative. They try to, you know, protect and take care of their bloodlines, you know, um, and try and be very careful with what they're infusing mm -hmm. versus me. I kind of go back to like Walter Kelso once said, Hell, if they can fight and, and, and do what I'm looking for, the traits that I'm looking for, mm -hmm. that that's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I guess I went out there 
reached out there because I feel like if you don't change with time, mm-hmm. you're gonna stay behind. Right. And uh, I got a hold of this awesome bloodline that's called Bates Grays. Okay. okay. And I infused the Bates into my frost. And they're extremely very good chickens. Right. All around chickens. And uh, and all I can say is I made one mistake, but I got back and I fixed it because it's all about making mistakes as well because you learn from your mistakes. That's correct. I'm not going to sit there and sugarcoat it and say that I'm perfect. Right. When I say the mistake that I made, it's uh, – when I infuse the baits, the baits is a pea cone fowl. Okay. And frost gray is a straight cone fowl. Okay. Okay. But once you breathe that pea comb in there, it's hard to get that pea comb back out. And you can breathe <laughs> to the straight comb and to the straight comb four years in a row, you're still going to be getting some pea comb <laughs> coming out of it. And even though it's pretty much pure, uh, once you put that pea comb in there, you're it's gonna be hard to get it out. You know what I'm trying to say, Jim? So, okay, so I know what I did wrong there, but thank God that my friends are loyal to their foul. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, you know, start right back from square one, straight comb, pure frost graze again. Oh, but, so you, st- you went all the way back to the beginning, huh? Once you realized that that mix wasn't what you were looking for, you just eliminated that and just went on back to the drawing board well i i've kept them because they're such good foul like i tell you right but i learned i don't need to be putting pea comb with my pure frost grays that are straight comb because i gotta keep i gotta put i learned that you're gonna breed straight comb to straight comb Mm -hmm. everybody knows that a frost gray is supposed to be straight comb okay? okay okay Uh-oh. It looks like the uh Facebook done got us. Uh look like he froze up. Man, they're really making this extremely, extremely difficult. El, Ch- El Chicano. El Chicano, uh, you, you're you're really freezing, El Chicano. Yes, sir. Okay, you're really uh. Uh oh. Let me try to get him back in here, guys. Give me a second. Give me a second. I'm gonna try to get him back in here. Um. All right, we're going to get him back in here. Darn, man, I cannot believe this. Okay. All righty, guys, this has just been one of the most difficult, and it's been an awesome interview, but it just seems like, man, we cannot, it seems like we cannot keep this thing going, man.
Yeah, I mean, I can call him on another phone, but um, just bear with me for a second. It's not even letting me do him another invite. Yeah, he has his other phone actually off. Um, hopefully he is, uh, okay, here he come. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Hopefully you'll be able to see his face this time. He's being added again, guys. Obviously y'all guys know this is not our fault. So we're working with Facebook. So we're doing, but he's being added right now. And hopefully when he comes in this time, he'll be. Okay, now you got back in. One question before we before we get started, El Chicano, we still taking this thing all the way to the end, so don't worry. We ain't quitting. Okay. Guys, in the comments, if y'all guys can do me a favor and let me know if you can see El Chicano's face now um, since he came back in. Let's see if, if y'all can just comment and let me know. I now they can see, see you. Now they can see you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, brother, everything happened for a reason, man. There I told you now they can see your face. Now they can see you. So, hey, we want to keep this thing moving, man. So, uh, oh, my God. What the heck going on here? <laughs> oh, boy. All right, guys. Wow. All right, give him a second, man. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna chime back in. Um <laughs> They just kicked him back out, man. Just perfectly. He was in there perfectly, man, and 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 uh Facebook kicked him back out. Um Yeah. No, it ain't a Puerto Rican. <laughs> Don't worry, man. He's going to come back on. Hey, get on in here, man. El Chicano, I see you. You can see me, but 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 request to uh, be added to the video. I see you posting in the comments, but I need you to... Re okay, here we go. Here we go. All right, he's coming back in. There you go again. Hey, you playing Houdini with me, man. You disappearing and you coming back. I'm not doing nothing, Jim. I'm just sitting here. I don't even want to move. God bless. So listen, this is what we're going to do, man. Hey, I'll tell you one thing. At least we got some hardcore followers because they ain't abandoned us yet, man. We've been having all you kinds of stuff going do. on. But they, they're here. They want to see this. They want to hear this story because this passion runs deep, man. It runs deep. And these guys know from being in the sport, very few things work out the way they're supposed to work out. Oh, my God. I think, uh, wow. Let's see here. Don't worry about it. He's coming back. Man, I can't believe it. He's coming back. So when you get back... Can you see me? Yep, I can see you perfect, man. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe it was in a, in a bad area. <laughs> so I moved a little bit. So maybe I, I, I figured maybe move do something. <laughs> I'm trying to do something, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to drag again. 
All right. All right. So, so, so this is where we go. El Chicano, this is where we going. Let's right. um let's uh yeah, we know Ray, man. He definitely need uh so what we're gonna do now is we both you and I are gonna stay as still as possible. We're gonna be like ventriloquists. You know how they have the little the little the little muppet with the hand. So we're gonna yeah. try to stay as still as possible and only allow our lips to move. But um mm. let's go back. You 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 con you went out when you started to talking about everybody knows uh with grays, you gotta grays only come straight comb, so you should breathe straight comb to straight comb. So start from there as far as what you learned with breeding grays, your mistakes, and then what you started to do after your mistake. Well, uh, back again, uh, when I infused the P-cone foul into my straight cone foul, uh, I was able to correct it because I still had my pure foul still available to me. Okay. Uh, but I learned that once you put P-cone in there, uh, it's it's really hard to get that P-cone blood back out of there. Okay. Uh, which, which wasn't a bad deal because they were really good foul. Right, right. But, um, it's tricky because some may come straight home. They'll come straight home, and, and and what I'm getting at is, all of a sudden you think that you're breeding a certain hen that you bred back two, three years ago, mm -hmm. and um, and you realize you made a mistake because you have a peak home stag with the markings. Okay. Then you realize, oh my God, I messed up. Right. So you have to be very careful when you're breeding. Right. Okay. Because uh, there's a lot of people that, that'll complain about, hey, a frost gray is supposed to be straight comb, straight comb. So, you know, uh, you try and do the right thing. Right. You know, you because in order to keep a pure bloodline, in my opinion, okay? Okay. Strong. Okay. Healthy. Something that is going to endure um sickness you know mm -hmm. the the immune system mm -hmm. you have to infuse new blood into it okay, okay? you have to try and keep that blood because once you keep breeding pure 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 mm -hmm. they start coming smaller mm -hmm. they start um they start lacking that 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 goodness to them you mm -hmm. know and, and you have to breed something in there and then breed it back out okay and then that's basically how I was taught. Okay. okay? Mm -hmm. And how these uh, roosters, these bloodlines are in there for a hundred years. Uh, just imagine there's people that say, you know, hey, I've never put anything in it. I've bred them, you know, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles mm -hmm. for 50 years. Mm -hmm. Well, um, that's everybody everybody has their way of doing things but this is my way of doing things right Jim, you right know? and and it's worked for me right and uh and my goal is to to have a good healthy fowl right and right. it doesn't matter what fowl you have or what blood bloodline you have if you don't have health you don't have anything and that is the main thing that I want to stress. Right. Um, and that was going to be can... our next topic too. Okay. Yeah. The next topic that I wanted to talk about, and I, and I know uh, uh, you mentioned something about this and, and I think we talked about it before was the fact that like you were just saying, I'm just pretty much going to repeat what you were just saying. 
it's not only just the bloodline um, of, of the foul, but it's also the health. So, so explain to the viewers when, when, when that health tells the differences versus the bloodlines. I know we had a, a short conversation about that, I think, uh, a, a little while back. And you were saying that, you know, uh, you just can't just focus just on a bloodline. You've got to also focus on the health because when somebody's out there working as hard as you are working or got the same genetics, then that's when that health is going to kick in. So go explain to what your what's your thoughts on that. Well, it starts out in the brood pen. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to have great foundation. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, you get some nice clean eggs and, uh, you know, you hatch them and you get some really nice, good, strong baby chicks. Right. You know, hen sitting on 12 eggs and she hatches 11 baby chicks. Right. You know, that's a, that's a good sign. Right. Uh, she has 12 eggs in there and only two hatch. That's not a very good sign. Right. Uh, but, and then also, you know, the baby chicks are vibrant, right. strong. The, they're all peas in a pod that they call it. You know, it just, everything looks really good. And uh, now you got to give them the best water. Right. Uh, uh, the best, you know, you, you run them through a little program. You know, right. I, I, for me, I feel like uh, the first three days, the baby chick's going to have everything that Mother Nature's going to give it. Mm -hmm. And uh, my deal is to give it a great environment, uh, very nice and clean uh, brooders. Uh, I've even, I like to raise them in a brooder for a little while. Okay. okay? And then from, from the brooder, I'll put them, in a uh, a box with uh, wood shavings, okay? Okay. And I sprinkle a little bit of the medicated uh, Purina feed mm -hmm. uh, around the box and everything because I like them scratching in that wood shavings a little bit. Okay. 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 And then after that, uh, I run them through a program with medication, um, electrolytes. Um, there's a deal out right now that Purina makes that's called three in one. Mm -hmm. It's electrolytes. It's a bio. Um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? It helps their digestive probiotics. System, okay? Probiotics. There you go. Mm -hmm. And I kind of run them and make sure that they're going to get everything that they need because uh, they're fixing to, you know, go through some stress and, and put them out uh, outside. And what I do is uh, I don't have any hens running loose. Okay? okay. I don't have one. When my baby chicks are going to run around on the yard. I don't have any hens running loose. And why is because, that? Because the hens, while the baby chicks are running loose, uh, you have some hens that'll go up there while the babies are eating. And that hen will hit them babies and hurt them really bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. and the last thing you want is is the hands beating up on your on your baby chicks that are running loose. Okay, right. So I put all my hands up. Okay, and then I open up my doors, and I'll have different houses. I want to say they're probably about uh, eight by four long. Mm -hmm. uh, got some some red lights under there, and I open up the doors so they can come in and come out as they please. Mm -hmm. And I let them run free for, you know, till they're ready to get caught up. Uh, I make sure they have clean water, the best food, mm -hmm. uh, a good house. And uh, like I said, I don't like my hands running loose while my biddies are, are out running loose.
Okay. And that's just the way that I do things. Got you. Okay, so let you kind of tell me this as far as on feed. Um, before we get to feed, how is the, the weather where you stay out there in Waco? Throughout the I'm year, from, throughout the whole entire year, how is it? Uh, Texas here lately, uh, you got to have a jacket in your pickup truck because one day it's it's 80 degrees and one day it's 40 degrees and then maybe the next day it's hailing. Mm -hmm. uh, then you got excessive wind. Uh, so we got a really erratic weather here in Texas is the best way I can explain it. But for the most part, it's pretty nice. It's okay. Pretty but, but you have to be ready for whatever's coming. Okay. So, so tell me this. So basically with that type of weather, um, is there any type of ways you have to adjust feeding, you know, for erratic weather like that? Or and, and I know it's not as cut and dry like in some areas, like further up north, Kentucky and stuff like that, where they get snow and all that. You know, they either get nice weather or they get freezing cold weather. So it seems like that's not so much down there in uh, Texas, right? Well, Jim, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to try and help somebody out right here. Because this is something that happened to me and I had to learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is for the ones that are going through snow, freezing weather that's freezing outside. And uh, my, my good friend Randy is the one that taught me this. Uh, I don't want to call it trick. Mm -hmm. It's more or less common sense. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's it's got to do with... Uh, what do you do when, when your water freezes mm -hmm. and you got over 500 fowl out there mm -hmm. and you have 500 cups that are frozen, you know, they're just frozen, but you know that these chickens got to get water. Mm -hmm. okay? And back in the day, I was killing myself with some hot water and uh, going out there and trying to put water and uh, water these chickens so that they could get a drink. Right. And one day, uh, um, I realized Randy says, no, 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 that ain't how you do it. Okay. <laughs> I said, well, what am I doing wrong? He says, when you know it's going to freeze, Arthur, okay? Right. He said, you get you a five-gallon bucket, son. He says, and you fill it up with corn, whole corn. Okay. Said, okay? He says, and then you let it sit in there for 24 hours. Do you hear? I said, yes, sir. Uh -huh. He says, he says, and then when you go, the water's going to be gone. He says, where do you think that water went? Right. I it said, it, the corn absorbs the water. He goes, that's right. Right. So now you got feed and you got water. Right. So now you go out there and you feed them that corn and you could get on back inside. Right. He said, you're feeding them and you're watering them. Right. So that, the light clicked on and I said, wow. Okay, wow. I see. So I did it and all the water was absorbed through the corn. And let me tell you what, during winter time, them chickens, they love corn. Okay. <laughs> and then when you're putting the water inside of it. Right. I'm going to tell you what. I've never had no issues on keeping a good body on, on, on a foul. Right. And, and I hope that that can sure help somebody. Now, of course, 
you know, you do that for a day or two, mm-hmm. and then about the third day, then you give them a drink of water. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You're going to have to get out there and get down and get dirty. Right. But it's not going out there every single day. Right. And trying to give them water for five days straight. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. That's at least trying to help your fowl and help you as well. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. And, and get you through that bad time that's happening. Right. And uh, and I hope that that helps somebody out there somewhere. Right. Because, you know, that yeah. that is that is exactly true. Sometimes you don't need a whole week. If you can buy yourself a couple days without, you know, your fowl going without water or something like that. If you can, if you got some other type of method that you can get some moisture in them when it is really bad, because, you know, some some of these places, man, the the weather makes it almost impossible uh, to to give those birds water every single day um especially with some of you know some of these setups and with all of this snow you know it all all, it really depends on everybody's situation but i truly believe that little technique right there can definitely buy somebody a day or two where like you said if they got to go out there and bust you know ice cups two days a week versus seven days a week or three days a week versus seven days a week it's actually a big help and that actually buy them some time to clear out the snow you know, to try to bust some of them cups, you know, it will, I, I, I just believe that it should definitely help in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Yes, sir. It does, and it's helped me tremendously, and that's one of the, the one of the deals that I wanted to tell my, my cockers, and especially those that took the time to, to listen to me, right. and um, hopefully, like I told you, you know, I hope uh, there's somebody out there listening and maybe can learn something from this, right. and it's not going to hurt to try it, you That's know, right. you don't know what to do, it, but there's nothing wrong with, with, with learning. That's right. You know, and, uh, and also like the summer times, uh, soaking some oats, mm-hmm. you know, you, put, you, you soak them oats and, and, and I don't give as much corn in the summer, okay? Because the corn is a hot feed, right? Uh, soybean is a very hot feed, okay. And these feeds here are, are more winter winter feeds, and you'll notice in the summertime they won't pick up the soybean or they won't pick up as much corn mm-hmm. in the summertime. And if you learn to listen to them chickens, they'll talk to you and they'll tell you that uh, I don't want any of that. That's right. So you, <laughs> You know, I like a, a cold watermelon. I like a cantaloupe, you know, in the summertime. So, you know, I, I try and give them some soaked oats. You know, I like giving them a little bit of a soaked bread. Okay. Um, you know, give them a little treat. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to, you got to, you got to, what you put in, I'm going I'm to tell you like this, Jim. I think, and this is my opinion, mm-hmm. when that man across from me, is working just as hard as I am. Right. Okay. Right. And that man is doing everything he can so that when it's nip and tuck, uh, my daddy taught me this one. Okay. Uh, my daddy taught me, son, do you know how important a drop of water is? He says, I'm going to tell you how important a drop of water is. He says, you let that water drip for 24 hours you'll have your full bucket the next day. Mm-hmm. He says, so a drop of water uh, weighs a lot. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned in this business is when you're in a nip and tuck situation, I hope that I did enough of the little things right. that can make the difference. Right. And that is my El Chicano's main 
advice that I want to give everybody. It's the little things that separate you. Right. Okay? That's exactly that's that's exactly right. And and the little things a lot of times are the ones that take the most effort. And 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 what I mean by that is is the little things are the consistent stuff. Is the paying attention to detail, you know. And it takes a little bit more effort to pay attention to detail than just put an overview on everything. Just oh, I just looked it over. Well, it don't take much effort just to look something over. It takes more effort to really look at the details of something and try to interpret what's going on. So I, I agree with you 100% that, you know, it's, it's all those little things. And when a guy across from you, genetics is just as good as your genetics, it's going to come down to who paid attention to the little things. Would you agree? Yes, sir. Most definitely. So, so let's, let's, let's talk about as far as your setup. Do you like tie cords versus pins, or do you use both? I use both, but I love tie cords. Okay. But, of course, you got to understand, stags, uh, their spurs are too soft. You know, they haven't set. So you try and put them on the tie cord too soon, you mess their spurs up, and their spurs is kind of like braces on in your mouth. Okay. You know, you start pulling on them, and they start going a different direction. Okay. So you can't put your stags out on that string too fast because uh, – and also they ain't finished growing, mm -hmm. and they haven't had the opportunity to mature yet, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. So I like to keep my stags in a 4x4 four four pin. Okay. Okay? And – I have to have sand in them. Uh, I love to have very nice, clean sand in all my pens. Mm. It helps. It helps with their feet. It helps um, with their feathers. Mm -hmm. um, it just it just helps keep your fowl looking very good. It's a clean environment, mm -hmm. and I just I just in a lot of my pictures, you'll realize, you know, I, I'm at adamant about having sand in all my pens okay right right and, uh, and also uh, i'll move my pens and uh, when i move my pens i like for it to rain a couple of times so that uh the rain uh can sanitize my ground uh so i'm i'm always moving my stags i don't leave them in the same area all the time I'll, i'm always moving them Okay, so, so Chicano, tell me this. I know in Puerto Rico, we have two types of sand uh, that, that is used. Well, I ain't going to say two types. They have two types of sand, but there's only one sand that's used. Then it's the sand from the beach. They got the sand from the river, and then they got the sand from the beach. In Puerto Rico, we use the sand from the beach. We don't use the sand from the river because it's almost like a mud. The sand from that's the beach is more like the natural, you know, like a regular sand. Um, so what type of sand do you use? I would call it like a cement sand, uh, the sand that that the pe that the schools use, like for the ju uh, long jump pits. Right. right. Okay. Okay. Like a playground type sand. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So, so tell me something. I I, I really like sand. I think it's a very is is a lot easier to keep clean. Um, it is definitely good on their feet. Um, and and it's is is easier on their feathers also. So, yes. um, so you got the, you like tie cords. You also like the pins. You said you keep the stags and four by four pins on sand. And before you move them over to a tie cord, correct? 
Correct. And you have to understand the dirt here in Waco, Texas is what they call black dirt. Okay. Okay. And the black dirt gets very hard. It's like clay. Mm. So, uh, there are some people that have great soil that's ideal for, for the roosters. Mm -hmm. But the great thing about my place is the grass is green almost all year round. Wow. Wow. Yes, wow. So, so that's, that's, that's really good. So tell me this, El Chicano, which, with, with, have you always kept your birds on sand? Um, all my stags until I put them on teepees. Okay. Okay. Now inside my teepees, I have sand, but of course, uh, but I want to, it's fresh on my mind, Jim, and I got to say this. Okay. 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 Um, one time, an individual asked me, is a rubber cord or a nylon cord better? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I thought that the rubber cord was uh, the way to go because it was like a bungee cord. You know, it kind of would, they would pull and it would bounce them right back and right. all that good stuff. So I thought a bungee cord was the way to go. Right. Well, I kept having roosters getting off the tie cords. Okay, mm -hmm. and I didn't know what was going on. Right. And one night, I went outside with the spotlight, and I saw uh, a rabbit. Okay. <laughs> and I saw the rabbit. I thought it was eating grass. Okay. Right. And uh, this is just to show you, this is something that I learned. I'll go over there, and when I was looking at this little rabbit, well, that sucker done nibbled and bit that dang tie cord, <laughs> that rubber cord. Right. And, well, that little rabbit got two strong teeth in that rubber. They liked that rubber. And it wasn't the roosters that were breaking the rubber tie cords. It was the rabbits that were biting my cords at nighttime. And that's how my foul was was getting off. And right. thank God that I figured that out. That's okay? right. That's right. Ooh. And that comes to play when I learned about some good dogs. Uh, I got some of the best dogs around. There's some great Pyrenees. Okay. And and I just love my, my dogs. I got to give them credit as well. You right. know what I'm saying? And uh, kind of how many dogs do you have? I got seven great Pyrenees. Okay. You got and, seven. And they all work. And you can look at them on Facebook. They'll tell you when the hawk's in the sky. I see they them. Keep, they keep the rabbits out. They keep the skunks out. They keep the raccoons out. And they most definitely even keep rattlesnakes out. Okay? Wow. So I, I had to carry my big boy to, to the vet and then... And I love my dogs. Right. I love my animals. Uh, uh, they, they're like my family in a way. You know, I just love them because they, I can sleep good at night because well, as long as they're barking, they're working. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I seen a video that you posted on there. You're right. Those, they, those dogs definitely told you when the hawks was in the sky. I mean, that was really cool to watch um, 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 for them to, to, to react the way they was reacting to let you know that hawks were in the sky. So yeah, that that was that was really cool. And guys, everybody's watching also too. 
Uh, just to make sure after the video, you know, um, El Chicano is going to be in the comment section uh, answering a lot of questions that y'all guys have had throughout the, uh, you know, throughout the, uh, the, the interview. So just know that, you know, if you have a question on your mind, go ahead and post it in the comments. We might not address it right now, but he will get to them after, uh, you know, after the interview is over. So just to, you know, just wanted to let y'all guys know that. So kind of let's talk about feed. I know we talked about, you know, how you feed them in a winter time and stuff like that. Do you use a pre-mixed feed or do you mix your own feed? Well, there's a feed that I'm using. Okay, I got something that came in through here right now. Um, I use a a feed that's called Thunder Chicken, okay? Okay. And it's made out of Fort Worth. Okay. And uh, pretty much this feed, you know, you have your maintenance and you have your conditioner. Mm -hmm. uh, I've tried all different types of feed and everything. And, uh, you know, I just like a feed that when you throw it down, there's nothing left. Right. I've seen these high dollar feeds that are out there and you throw that feed and the chicken's not picking it up. <laughs> right. So, you know, just because it's high dollar doesn't mean that that's what your chicken's needing. You need to find something that when you throw it down, there's nothing left. Right. That's telling you right there that they like that feed. They like that feed. That's right. And, and, and it doesn't matter how high dollar it is. If they're not eating it, then it ain't, it ain't working. That's right. That's right. And you got to know, you got to know, like in the summertime, you know, you don't want to be feeding too much high protein because it's too hot outside. You'll burn them up mm -hmm. and you'll start having them feathers start curling up on you. Right. Um, a lot of people always wonder, why is your feathers curling up on your fowl? Well, that's because you're burning them up. You're, you're too high on protein. Hmm. So, so okay. El Chicano, what, what, what's the average about, do, do, do you change your feed? Throughout the year, or you kind of feed them the same type of feed throughout the whole year? Well, Jim, I'm going to just try and keep it simple, but but I'm going to tell you, um, when you're feeding fowl, this is the little things again. You have to be able to change with the weather. Right. You have to make the adjustments, you know, and, and those are the things that separate the individuals. Right. But to keep things simple – and these are things that you can only learn with years and, and experiencing things. Mm -hmm. but, uh, for the most part, that's why I'm trying to stress mm -hmm. during hot weather, you don't want to feed them as much corn or high protein because it's, 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 it's hot outside. Mm -hmm. So um, you don't want to give a hot feed. Uh, you got to learn your different uh, seeds. Like your soybean is probably the highest in protein. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, corn is very hot. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn to make those adjustments. Because, for example, it's going to be cold for the next. A cold front's coming in. So it's going to be cold for a couple of days. Right. Uh, I got me a bag, a 50-pound bag of whole corn. Okay. So I may add a little extra corn into my feed. You know, because I know it's going to be a little colder, so I'm going to give them a little bit more corn. Right, right. So I make the adjustments as I see the weather every day. Right. Um, so pretty much uh, summer times, you know, I like to give carrots. I like to give uh, – um, what's that that I'm looking for? The 
I even shred potatoes. Okay. Okay. Uh, get I like to give my chickens cheese. Okay. Wow. Um, I grade some cheese. Uh, and then, you know, you grab your little shredder and you just grab you some little bit of cheese. Right. And you mix a little cheese in there. And, uh, uh, everybody knows that, um, a lot of people feed cottage cheese, you know? Right. That's right. So, so, you know, it's, it's, it's the little things. Okay. Right. I stress that so much because, and then also, as Randy would say it, um, they're, don't forget that they're foul. They're not, they're not pigs. They're not, right. not dogs. They're right. not, uh, you know, they're, they're foul. Right. But you also got to give them a little something every once in a while. That's right. Jim. That's right. That's Jim. right. That's right. Yeah, that's in right. In other words, don't just be feeding cheese all week and then your roosters all stopped up and all that. That's right. <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly right. So, like I say, I mean, we, we, I think we've been on this interview over an hour, just so you know. Even though we did have some technical difficulties, uh, we've been we've been in this interview over an hour. It's been some wow. excellent. It's been some excellent information um, 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 that you've been that you've been talking about. And I know we've been trying to hit a lot of topics. Like I said from the beginning, you know, trying to get thirty years of of experience in an hour interview is is not possible. Um, and there's so many, and there's endless things that we can talk about. Everybody in the chickens know that a chicken, people, when chicken guys get together, you go talk about chickens for weeks. So you can never run out of topics. You can never run out of scenarios, situations, experiences, and all that. So tell me this, what, 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 and I've seen this in one of the comments. What do you think is one of the, uh, say, I, I would say most important things that you have taken away from your mentors and I call Ken and, and those guys kind of like your mentors. So yes, sir. what, what, what are certain, a few, one or two things that you think were, were, were things that were extremely important that you learned from them? Uh, treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And that means like, uh, I'll, I'll give you a good example. I had to send a foul out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really, trying to figure out which one to send. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I had a really good-looking cock that I had raised, and, I mean, he had the whole package and everything. Mm-hmm. But yet the other one uh, had the right mom and the right daddy and uh, was bred well. But as far as uh, being bred the best way, um, if I sent the other one, which was just as good, but he had the whole package. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out, man, which one do I send? I don't know which one to send. I'd want this one over right. here. Right. But this one over here I've done so good with. And then Randy asked me, he says, well, Arthur, you got to just keep it simple. Which one would you want to have? I said, well, I know I need to send the one that's got the right mom and the right daddy because they've already proven themselves. He says, and you just answered your question. Right. And I guess the most important thing that I've learned is so long as you're doing the right thing, you know, being honest, he goes, that's all that, that, I, that, uh, that God expects from me. Mm-hmm. And I'm a God fearing man. And, uh, and, and I apologize for, for not bringing him in first and say, you know, um, because of God, I'm where I'm at, and, and He's blessed me 
mm-hmm. with such great pal and great friends that mm-hmm. that I just want to make sure that that I praise him and, and know that 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 because of him I'm where I'm at right now. That's it. That is it. And I think every every last one of us watching um, truly understands that. And I think all game foul guys understand how important uh, God plays into all our lives because we've been uh, under attack for decades. So, you know, for us to keep it going, we got to believe in something greater than man, you know, because mankind lets us down every turn that we turn is always an issue. So, you know, you always got, guys, to me, you always have to have something uh, greater than man um, um, to, to turn to. Um, so no, I, I think everybody in game foul, all true cockers are understand that, you know, because we all have been through situations, game foul related and non-game foul related, um, that let us know that we, we, we got to pray to a higher power. Um, so no, I think we understand that. I think the guys know watching, they know that without it being spoken, um, so, yeah, so, so, you know, it, it ain't never too late to bring them in, but believe me, we all know that. Um, so what I like to do right now, because I know we've been on here, the timer's been going off again, but what I would like to do is, one, let everybody know uh, how they can contact you, because we are talking from your wife's phone, so how yes. we can, we can, they can contact you. Um, also, too, uh, you'll be in the comments over the next day or so, because I know it's late, over the next day or so, replying to the comments and the questions in the comments section. Um, so, guys, y'all can reach out to him. Um, it's Arthur Contreras. His name will be in the comments section. Um, he'll get to you guys' questions over the next day or so, just like all the guests prior to. You know, give them a couple days. It's, it's a lot of comments uh, in it. We want to greatly appreciate all y'all guys giving us the time and watching. Um, El Chicano, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, this show is all about the guests um, just trying to serve something greater than their self. And I really appreciate that because it's a lot of guys out there who do not have mentors or don't have access to certain information or didn't have the opportunity to meet certain people that they read about in magazines. So to have some of these guys come on and have guys that, 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 that labored under them to, to, to come on and tell stories. Because it ain't all about, you know, feeding and breeding and all of that. Sometimes, you know, we want to hear the history. We want to hear the stories. You know, um, that's just as important. Our history is just as important as the tactics and techniques that we use throughout this sport. Um, so I, I, re- I really want to thank you for coming on. You didn't have to do it. You know, you just got on Facebook not too long ago, so you're not a big social media fan. Uh, but we're all, uh, uh, you know, talked to me about you. I reached out to you. You know, you thought about it, which I understand and respect. Um, and, and, and a lot of the guests prior to felt the same way. Some of them just was fine with it. But I, I, I do uh, appreciate your brain to come on. I just felt as though you had a lot to bring to the table. Um, I also felt that it was something that somebody can learn from you, whether it's one or a hundred. Um, and it kind of, you, you know, you fit the guest profile that, that I'm just looking for. I, I'm not looking for somebody to come over here and boast and brag about what they've done and how they do, you know, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for somebody to come on here and share 
knowledge that a lot of times a lot of people didn't have access to and to share it selflessly, not with the intent to boost your reputation to sell chickens. So um, that's the profile. You fit the profile. That's the reason why I asked you to come on because when you first recommended to me, I said, well, let me look into them first because a lot of people recommended to me and I don't agree with everybody who's recommended because again, I want somebody coming on the show not for their own benefit. It has to be something greater than their self. Um, so I, again, I, I appreciate you coming on. I'm glad you agreed yes, to do it. Um, I hope that it's mutually beneficial, that it gives you opportunity to, to pass the torch or, 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 or at least teach somebody like you were taught. Um, so I hope that it did give you that opportunity and I appreciate you coming on and agreeing to come on the show. And Jim, I just want to tell you, thank you also for what you're doing. Uh, this is what we need. We need positive things like this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we just got to keep kicking. Mm -hmm. And I just want to tell everybody that joined me today and, uh, that's watching this show, uh, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I hope that I was able to help someone. And, uh, and again, you know, if it wasn't for these little chickens, uh, that have taught me so much, mm -hmm. they've taught me not to quit. They've taught me not to give up with uh with life in general the things that that you know that life throws at you mm -hmm. these little chickens that have uh taught me to be disciplined they've taught me to to be very responsible mm -hmm. and it's these things that 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 i love this sport and uh and the game file it, it just i just can't express it in so many ways it's just it's just an awesome sport Right, exactly. That's exactly right. And I'll ask you this last thing before we close out, which I ask every guest that comes on. Would you agree to come back on the show? Because like I say, it's hard to get, you know, uh, decades of, of experience in an hour, hour and a half uh, of time. So I'll ask you like I ask all the guests, and I won't be insulted if you say no, but would you come back on the show at a later date? Uh, I would be honored to, my friend. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Guys, I just want to put one thing out there. Last thing, a good friend of mine, a supporter, um, the Purebred Warrior magazine. A lot of guys don't know about it. It just came out. It's a group, of, a, a nice team of guys putting a lot of effort. Um, some of the guys that's been featured in a magazine has actually been on a show. We have interviewed them. Uh, but again, it's a great digital magazine. It's very, very reasonably priced. I'm not saying it because I wrote an article for the magazine, but it's a great magazine. Um, and and, and, and uh, I think anything that's game foul related that could portray a cocker, this sport, this culture in a positive manner, I think we should all um, 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 support it. Um, again, it's extremely reasonable. It's a lot of work been put into it. It's very well done. So go to these guys' Facebook pages, Purebred Warriors. They have a group on Facebook. Um, and uh, you can, like I said, if you just search it on Facebook, you'll find them. And just look at a couple samples of the magazine. I think it's uh, you guys will be extremely, extremely happy. They've been very supportive of me. I want to be supportive of them also. Um, so that's it, man. We're going to go ahead and close this show out. I usually say my last phrase that I was taught by somebody who's like a brother to me. He used to always say before we departed, Always stay focused, stay positive, and stay blessed. 
And I'll see y'all guys next Friday. El Chicano, I'll be talking to you soon. Don't forget to go on those comments and, and respond to those comments. This way, guys, y'all know how to get in touch with him. He doesn't have a lot of information on Facebook, but y'all guys know he has a lot of knowledge, a good representative ambassador of the sport, so don't hesitate to reach out to him. El Chicano, I'll be talking to you soon, brother, and I'll see all of y'all next Friday, 9 p.m. on our next show. Talk to you soon. Have a good evening. God bless. Amen. God bless you, too.